0: hi guys welcome back to another true crime and makeup time video if you're new here my name is zara and i post a new true crime video every single week so if you love makeup and you love true crime definitely hit that like button hit that notification bell button so you don't miss a new upload and i would love it if you would subscribe it would mean so much to me guys how have you guys been i feel like what the heck is going on we are halfway through the year nearly like how how my daughter is nearly one well not really but kind of by the time you guys watch this she'll probably nearly one or even one and it's oh it's like so depressing does any other mom feel that way like why do these children grow up so quickly you know what i mean just stop stop our new house is almost done too so i think my background's gonna change soonish and if you guys have any ideas for any new backgrounds for me just leave it in the comments because I don't know what i want to do i don't know if i kind of want to go darker like this is super bright i feel like i want to go black but let me know let me know what you think so today's case is one i haven't really heard of and again it's a really frustrating case because it's one that could have been prevented i think for me that is the hardest part of this case now we have talked before about victims being stalked and harassed but When it's happening at your own place of work, a company that's huge, a company that kind of made zero attempts to help the victim in this case, that's when I think we all get super angry. It's a devastating case. So let's talk about the case of Riley Whitelaw. Let's get into it. Riley Whitelaw was born on 20th January 2005 and she grew up in colorado springs colorado and she lived with her mother courtney and her mother's partner chris johnson i couldn't really find anything about her biological father riley was a student at air academy high school and she was described by everyone that knew her as super friendly she had a smile that would light up a room and she was a very kind person now riley was known to be wise beyond her years she was that type of girl kid that you know how there's kids that just fit in with adults i feel like i was that kind of kid who if you leave them in a room full of adults they can talk with everyone and and get along with them and she was like that and on the other side of it she was also the type of kid that could really be goofy and fun and hang out with her peers kids her own age riley really was known to show empathy compassion and a lot of patience to those around her she was the type of person that really allowed other people to shine as well and be seen and heard if you were having a bad day she would know how to make you smile if she was trying something new she would commit to it fully she was very artistic and loved to draw and paint and play the guitar now she was actually a good artist because her art was actually recognized throughout her school and she won many awards for it now riley got straight a's at school but she also worked part-time and then she also volunteered at the humane society and then she also babysat pets so she really had a very busy life i really don't know how she kept herself so busy but then she also found time for a job riley worked part-time at her local colorado springs walgreens and she just did this to earn a little bit of extra money on the side i remember when i first went to america like a long time ago and i stepped foot inside a walgreens and at the time in australia we didn't really have that kind of stuff like we just had this one place called priceline but it didn't have a ton of makeup brands but when i stepped inside walgreens I was like, holy moly, there was so much makeup everywhere and so many different brands. So I remember I was like, and food, you can get food inside of Walgreens. I was like, what? I think I went to a Walgreens in New York or maybe even Harlem. And yeah, there was no place like that in Australia at the time. The time Riley began working at that Walgreens, she was 16 years old. And I mean, it's a pretty basic place for a young person to work at. It's nothing... Too crazy. But at this workplace of Riley's, and I'm sure like many of the women watching have experienced as well, Riley was constantly being approached, let's say by a co worker who was interested in her. This co worker's name was Joshua Johnson, and he was much older than Riley. He was 28 years old at the time, and he would just make constant advances towards Riley, and Riley was not comfortable with this at all. In fact, She wasn't comfortable being around him at all. She didn't want to work with him at all. Now her store manager's name was Justin Zunino. And when Riley approached him, because she did, she made a complaint about the behavior of Joshua towards her. So when Riley approached him to let him know about Joshua's constant advances and conversations about trying to date to her manager, Justin, His reaction, well, his solution was to approach Joshua and tell him to keep things professional with 16-year-old Riley. Now, after warning Joshua, Justin believed that Joshua had understood him and was receptive towards this instruction. Now, a lot of people are upset about Justin's response here and what do you guys think do you think that more should have been done apart from just a casual sort of hey keep things professional I feel like yeah there should have been a complaint filed in the books whatever it's called you know wherever they file a complaint maybe just so that Joshua would have taken it a little bit more seriously and you know you guys know what I mean by there are certain people who you can just tell get it and there are certain people who just don't get it. So even just, you know, not supposed to judge a book by its cover, duh, blah, whatever. but <laughs> realistically, right, when you're talking to someone, when you see them, when you catch their vibe, you can tell whether they're going to be the type of people who are going to really be receptive. Like if Justin approached Joshua and Joshua was like, yeah, OK, cool. Right. As opposed to him being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, that's not what that's not what I meant to do. And, you know, I'm sorry. And then he apologized to Riley, for example, and then he really stopped. Then that would be more believable and you would kind of get it. But Justin being the manager and knowing Joshua a little bit longer, because I'm guessing Joshua did work there a little bit longer. Could he not tell that, hey, I don't really think Joshua gets it, but he says he believed Joshua understood the situation so i don't know what do you guys think do you think that was enough for the first warning or should there have been further action taken something written up now it is said that after this joshua did back off riley for a little while a short period of time then in april may of 2022 riley submits a request to her managers to work separate shifts from Joshua. And this is where I have a problem with this. She shouldn't have had to do this. If Justin was already aware that Riley was uncomfortable with Joshua, shouldn't he have immediately taken the steps to separate them during their work shifts? Riley submitted this request to work on a completely different work schedule to Joshua. And she did this cause she was uncomfortable. She, It's also claimed that she did this because she didn't even want to have any general contact with him. So, you know, in the break room, anything like that during, you know, meeting, she just didn't want to be around him. Riley was just so uncomfortable with him. But then later on, Riley then makes a further request to Justin saying if she could get a little bit more hours at the store. And Justin said, well, I can do that. But if I do do that, then you possibly will overlap hours with Joshua and you will end up working with him so it's unclear whether Riley accepted these extended working hours but that's kind of where it was left at now Riley soon got a boyfriend and in March of 2022 Riley's boyfriend Jacob Leacock he was 19 years old he also began working at the same Walgreens as Riley now the other store manager her name was Crystal Ishmael she Claimed that she had witnessed or believed that Joshua was jealous that Riley's boyfriend, Jacob, was now working at the same store as him. Crystal claims she witnessed Joshua acting very jealous every time Jacob and Riley would interact together at the store. I mean, you would think that Joshua would get more of the hint from this and, like, hey, her boyfriend is now working at the store. So The chances are kind of low, guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a bit stupid, but some people just don't know how to take no for an answer. And they either like rarely hear it in their lives or they hear it too much and it doesn't mean anything to them. I feel like they don't really hear it growing up. And that's why. What do you mean, she has a boyfriend? Like, I still have a chance. It just doesn't mean anything to them. On 11th, June, 2022, Riley was working at her usual shift at this Walgreens and a few hours into her shift, Riley goes on a break. Then at around 5.30 PM, Crystal, she was the manager working on shift at the time. She noticed that Riley had not returned from her break. So I believe she contacts Justin, uh, who wasn't working at the store at at the time, And she rings him and she tells him, hey, you know, Riley, she's gone on break, but she hasn't returned as yet. So Justin, he wasn't working at the store at the time, but he does come back to the store at around 6 p.m. and he decides to go and check the surveillance footage. Now on the camera footage, he notices Joshua and Joshua is stacking up boxes in the break room, but as he's doing that, it's blocking the camera view. And I don't know why Crystal called Justin because she was the manager at the time, but maybe this is what I think. It was just her and Riley working at the store and then Riley didn't return. So she couldn't leave the store to go look for Riley or, you know, whatever. But if Joshua was there, that means three of them working at the store, but then Joshua was not supposed to be working with Riley, right? Right. Just something to think about. So as Justin is doing this, Crystal then goes and decides to look physically for Riley. So she goes out to the back of the store where it's like a dumpster area. And she notices that there's a strong smell of bleach. And along with that, there was an empty bleach container next to the dumpster. And then I read in the police report that Crystal's next move was to walk over and open a door. And I'm like, what door? But what I can understand is there were, so when you walk out to the back of the store, there were like public restrooms and then there was also dumpsters, maybe restrooms for the store's use. I don't know, but I'm guessing public. So she goes to open the door to one of the restrooms and she notices that it's locked. And as she keeps attempting to open the door, She hears a male voice shout out, hey, I'm changing. And so she looks under and she sees a pair of feet and she's like, okay. So she goes to tell Justin what had happened. So Crystal goes back, tells Justin, hey, there's like a guy in the restrooms. And Justin comes back to check it out for himself. And when he comes back, the male has gone, but he also sees the empty bottle of bleach near the dumpster so prior to this around 5 44 pm there was a shopper at the store she was a 16 year old girl her name was alicia and she was just shopping at the walgreens at the time and when she was in the deodorant aisle she heard the sound of a female screaming then she also claims she thought she heard the sound of stalls slamming and i'm guessing again She means bathroom stalls. So as she hears this, she kind of just like stops for a second. And then she's like, did I, did I hear that? And then she thinks she's just hearing things. So she's like, no. So she disregards whatever she thought she heard. At this point, the screams had stopped and she just put it down to her hearing incorrectly. So she continues shopping. She goes to purchase her items and then she leaves. So then after Justin goes to the bathroom to investigate the bathroom situation, and then he realizes, okay, no one's there. So he goes looking for Riley and this time he goes to the break room. And as he's approaching the break room, he sees that the door, and it looks like a like a normal door, but it had like a glass pane. And on the glass pane, someone had taped paper over it to obstruct the view into it. Along with that, there was a restroom closed sign And I'm not sure if it was, again, on a piece of paper or if it was one of those, you know, those plastic ones that, like, they stand on the ground and they say restroom closed. But he also noticed that in the area, and it was placed in the area much earlier than it should have been. The store was not closing yet. So Justin found that super weird. So he proceeds to enter in through the break room doors, and there on the floor lay Riley Whitelaw covered in blood. I mean, I can't even imagine... You're at work and you find that like she was 16 years old. So at 6.55 p.m. Justin phones 911 and he informs them that he found the body of his co-worker on the floor in the break room covered in blood. He tells them there is blood everywhere. Now, again, the timing is kind of off because I'm like, why did he call at 6.55pm? If Justin arrived to the store at around 6pm, he checks the CCTV cameras, he walks to the back of the bathroom, the dumpster area, and then he goes to the break room. That took him like 50 minutes or so. I, the timing is a bit off. Maybe he was in shock after finding Riley and didn't call the police until he sort of like gathered himself together but the police they do get there fairly quickly they get there at around 7 or 2 p.m and when they arrive they find Riley's body in the break room and blood at this point had pooled all around her body and there was blood splattered everywhere on the walls on the cabinets on the counters everywhere the officers on the scene observed significant trauma to her neck area, and they pronounced Riley Whitelaw dead at the scene. Riley's autopsy describes a violent attack on her. Riley suffered 42 stab wounds from a single-edged knife and it was all over her body. Her neck, face, and chest, as well as defensive wounds to her hands and her arms, The multiple stab wounds to Riley's neck is what caused her death. And if that wasn't enough, in addition to these multiple stab wounds, the coroner found multiple blunt force trauma injuries to her head, her torso, and her extremities. A toxicology report was done and it was reported that Riley had no drugs in her system. Now you guys remember that 16 year old girl that had been shopping in the store earlier. Well, When the police were all at the scene, she happened to be driving back home. And when she saw this commotion outside the Walgreens, she had just been out an hour earlier, she stopped and asked, you know, what happened. She wanted to know what had happened. So when she had spoken to the police, she's like, oh, my God, I got to tell them what I heard. So that's when she informs them about the screams that she had heard earlier about 5.45 p.m while they were investigating, the police find out that employees of the Walgreens while they were working had access to lockers that they would put their personal belongings in during their work hours and they were assigned numbers. Now, Joshua, he was assigned locker three, but he was found to also be using locker number 17. And in the police report, it states that they were unaware whether joshua had access to these lockers after riley was killed but i don't really know what that has to do with anything i mean they they haven't made it very clear but if riley's locker was number 17 that kind of makes sense right so he had access to her locker and his locker but all of this information is coming from the police affidavit so it's a bit like what but that's what i'm assuming that's what they meant now if you already haven't figured out who the person responsible is you're about to On 12th June 2022, Joshua Johnson was picked up by state troopers as he walked along the I-25 near Trinidad in Colorado, more than 100 miles from Colorado Springs and from that Walgreens. It was Sunday morning and he had made his way almost to the Mexico border. When he was found, he was covered in cuts and bruises especially on his face and when the police asked him what had happened he said that he had been attacked at the Walgreens in Colorado Springs so now I don't believe that police were looking for him in this area so the state troopers that found him I don't believe they were like looking for him I I believe they came across him so when he said he had been attacked at the Walgreens in Colorado Springs the state troopers that found him ended up calling the Colorado Springs Police Department. When they got in touch with the Colorado Springs Police Department, they in fact learned that that department believed Joshua was a suspect in the Riley Whitelaw murder and he was not in fact a victim of assault at that Walgreens. Which again, because it's a fairly recent case, a lot can be misreported. And I believe what could have happened is that When obviously the police find Riley's body, Crystal, and Justin informed the police that, you know, had she had any altercations or issues with anyone recently, and obviously Joshua's name would have come up. And since that happened on the Saturday night, they probably looked for Joshua immediately, him being an employee of the store, but couldn't find him. Joshua Johnson was arrested and returned to Colorado Springs, where he was held in the El Paso County Jail on the suspicion of first-degree murder. Now, when he was first interviewed by the police, Joshua just admitted that, yeah, at one time in the past, he, in fact, did have a crush on Riley Whitelaw and that, yes, he had been present in the break room that day. He tells police he fell in blood and that he went home right after that happened because his clothes were all bloody and he wanted to change. He said he was wearing similar clothes to what he had on at the time of the interview, which was blue work pants, a gray work shirt and black shoes. But then he also admitted to being the person at the dumpsters and that he had to rinse himself with bleach after he spoke with Crystal. And that after this happened, that's when he went home to change his clothes because of it being all bloody. But then he denies being the person that was stacking the boxes in the break room, obstructing the view of the cameras, even though he was shown footage of him doing so. And then he says, I was the one telling Crystal that I was changing. So his story is kind of like all jumbled because he never spoke with Crystal essentially, like speaking is having a conversation, I would say, but in his eyes, maybe him telling and yelling out to Crystal that he was changing Maybe in his mind, that's him speaking with Crystal. Then he goes on to tell detectives that although at one point in time, he had a crush on Riley, that was no longer the case now because he had moved on with someone else. And that someone else was his store manager, Crystal Ishmael. Crystal was 10 years older than Joshua. And she had never told the authorities anything about being in a relationship with Joshua. And I don't believe I couldn't find any information whether this was confirmed or denied about them being in a relationship, but I don't think I don't think so. On thirteenth June 2022, Joshua Johnson was charged with the first degree murder of Riley Whitelaw. Joshua pleaded not guilty to this charge and he is still being held in the El Paso County jail awaiting trial. He is held on a no bond hold, and I believe his trial will proceed on 8th of May, 2023. If he is found guilty of first-degree murder, he is going to be given the mandatory sentence of life in prison. Colorado abolished the death penalty in 2020 and it became the 22nd state to do so. The last time the state executed a person was in 1994. Now, the Walgreens spokesperson did make a statement following this horrific tragedy and He stated his name was James Kahn. He stated, we are deeply saddened and horrified by this crime and continue to extend our condolences, thoughts and prayers to Riley's family and loved ones. We have been working closely with authorities in their investigation, conducting a thorough internal review and supporting our team members during this very difficult time. The safety of our customers and team members is our highest priority and we take this obligation very seriously. However, a Colorado Springs labor attorney, his name was Ian Kalmanowitz, recently accused the Wal- Walgreens managers of failing to act and his claim was that Riley and Joshua were in fact working together the night the murder took place. Now to me this is also supported by the fact that Joshua claimed he had on work clothes or work pants at the time he was caught and wouldn't there be documented shift schedules from Justin and Crystal? I mean shouldn't that have been easy to determine? The lawyer went on to make a statement saying a young woman like Riley who's at work with somebody who's creeping her out was making unwanted advances at her, if her employer doesn't know about it, her employer can't do anything about it. So she has an obligation under the law to report that. But once she reports it, it's her employee employer's job. It's the requirement to keep their employee safe. Ian goes on to say that Riley did everything right her employer did not. Senior director for Walgreens, his name was Fraser Engerman. He said the company was saddened by Riley's death and that safety for the employees was one of their top priorities. The company has also offered counseling and other resources to employees of the Walgreens where Riley was murdered. I mean, Justin and Crystal were the managers there. Are they held liable or is it their job to report to a higher authority at Walgreens about the situation that was taking place? One of the most important responsibilities of a manager is to protect their employees from harm, including harassment from another employee. A 16, 17 year old teen who simply wanted to earn some extra money, just wanted to be left alone at her job. She deserved that. It was the manager's responsibility to ensure that happened. And that did not seem to happen here. I asked you guys earlier if it was okay that Justin approached Joshua and told him to keep things professional. Was that enough? And what my thoughts are, if that was the first time that, Justin was approaching Joshua with this request, that first warning would have been okay. Is that what you guys think? I mean, if Joshua had been approaching Riley and Riley immediately reported that, and then Justin gave Joshua that warning, is that enough for the first time? I would say that that's maybe normal, but if the case was Joshua harassing Riley and other people were witnessing it and, you know, I'm sure he wasn't just doing it when they were alone, then that's a different issue. Also, if Riley had made Justin aware that Joshua was making multiple repeated attempts, then yes, I think that Justin was probably in the wrong because isn't that unprofessional? Then shouldn't he have either fired Joshua or given him a written Warning, so he would take it a little bit more seriously. When Riley then approached Justin, even after his warning to Joshua and asked him if she can not work with Joshua on any shifts at all, that should have been a further sort of warning or light bulb should have gone off to Justin saying that, hey, Riley is still uncomfortable despite my warning to Joshua. This should have been a sign that Joshua was still affecting Riley and an immediate investigation into the matter should have taken place. If he was engaging in misconduct, he should have been terminated. I mean, this is the whole problem with situation like that. We get comfortable in our workplaces, but then at the end of the day, it's still a workplace. It's not a friendly, supposed to be a friendly zone. Also, Crystal saying Joshua was acting jealous. I mean, how ridiculous is that? You're the manager and you've you've seen this and you're just like, what are you doing about it? The minute she noticed that she had a duty as a manager, and I mean, employees rarely will will go up to tell their higher ups, their managers, how they feel, especially if they're feeling uncomfortable. That's already an uncomfortable situation in itself. They rarely say, you know, I'm being harassed and they usually say, oh, you know, I'm a bit uncomfortable. I just feel a bit awkward or, you know, I don't know how to really work with this, person. I don't really get along with this person. There are so many different words that employees will use rather than just saying straight up I'm harassed. Some people may even downplay it and be like, you know, don't worry about it and tell you, you know, not to do anything about it. It doesn't matter if the employee says, you know, keep it confidential or that they will handle the matters themselves or maybe they'll, oh, you know, maybe we'll get over it. But you, as the manager, you have a duty of care towards that employee to do something about this situation. This case is very similar to the Alicia Bromfield case I did a while back, the pregnant. Woman who was being harassed by her boss. But I mean, it's almost escalating even quicker these days. People feel like they have a right to people nowadays. I mean, maybe more information about this case will come out since it is fairly recent, it's about a year ago. But maybe Riley and Joshua had multiple encounters that were just escalating. I mean, it's terrifying that you can't even work in peace anymore. Real people's lives are at risk. On things that should be normal, especially women's. Do you guys feel like Joshua is not right mentally? I feel like just looking from his photo, I can tell something is off. Should workplaces have the right to investigate people's mental health? But then what lines does that cross? Riley's mother, Courtney, has spoken up about the case and stated that she wants Riley to be remembered as the inspiration she was to her community, not by the way she was taken from it. She stated Riley was a kind, loving, empathetic human being and I've told her classmates, please carry that forward in honor of her. It's just, as a mother, her mom says that above all else, Riley was just super caring and that we need more Riley's in this world. And I mean, from her friends and family's encounters, you can really see that Riley probably genuinely was a super caring person and it was that freaking caring attitude that makes these people think that they have a right to continue harassing you because maybe she was quite kind in rejecting him and you know they think they have a freaking right to you rather than you telling them to courtney carries riley's spirit everywhere she goes and just six months before her death uh, riley convinced her mom to get a matching tattoo with her riley actually drew this design herself. And she was determined to get a tattoo. She had been harassing her mom for like two years about it. Her mom kept saying no. And then Riley ended up doing this PowerPoint presentation about why she should be getting a tattoo, which I think is so cute. And one day Riley just approached her mom and was like, hey, why don't why don't we get a tattoo together? And in December of 2020, they ended up doing that together, which her mom, Courtney, believes that it was almost like a way of giving her mom a gift that would last forever. Riley's family set up a scholarship fund in her memory and they were hoping to give it to one of the graduates in her class and they hope that this fund continues and continues to grant scholarships to other kids because that's what riley would have wanted riley would not have wanted the negative to outweigh the positive positive. and courtney says she wakes up every day and gets up out of bed for riley because that's what riley would have wanted her to do she wants to make her proud and make sure that riley is not forgotten in this situation that her death made an impact and will continue to make an impact for the years to come the riley Whitelaw memorial scholarship fund has just been established as an official nonprofit. there was also a gofundme that was set up in riley's honor and this was to go towards genetic research which is a topic that riley enjoyed studying and the goal was ten thousand dollars and has now surpassed over sixty three thousand dollars since that day courtney she's received so many messages from people that knew riley saying how much of an impact Riley made in their lives, people that Courtney had never even met. She says she's forever proud of her daughter's enthusiasm and empathy towards other people and that she will do whatever she can to make sure that Riley's legacy lives on. That Walgreens location remains temporarily closed. I have no words and I feel like, yes, it's a complicated situation, but businesses like Walgreens, even in Alicia Bronfield's case, uh, Home Depot, They're such big companies, they literally go through employees like nothing. Again, Joshua is not some super qualified person that, you know, was irreplaceable. I mean, maybe qualified in being a creep, but he's freaking so replaceable. He, you don't have to have him working in there if he's doing things that are inappropriate. In situations where especially young women have to work closely with a person like that for long periods of time, long hours, in two hours of the night, like, it should just be taken more seriously. Then on top of that, if that person has been known to harass this employee, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You as the manager should make sure that these people never work together. If you don't wanna fire that person, These two people should never work together. The problem with work colleagues too is that they're with you for hours. They know where you live sometimes. They can follow you home. They know your schedules. They know your timings. They can have access to your personal details if if they break into the company system. It's just, it can be too personal. They know where you park, how you get home. They spend hours with you working closely together, you know, even if it's for the store. It's easy to develop an obsession if you're a weird person. If the person is deluded enough, they'll believe that you guys are growing closer and closer together while you work together. I remember when I was 16, I was working in a bakery, like a very famous bakery. It's called Baker's Delight here in Australia. And this bakery was inside a large shopping center where there was other stores around me. And just across from the bakery, like this way, if I was looking out into the customers this way next to me, there was this flower shop and the and there was men that were running this flower shop. And every single shift, they would harass me. Every single shift I was working, they would blow kisses, give me flowers, ask me what time I was finishing. And it was so creepy because I would be working late at night and sometimes I would be closing up with just one other person. And the other person that I'd be closing up with would normally also be like a young girl. The store would close at like 8 p.m. But then by the time you pack up all the bread, you tidy up everything, it's like 9 p.m. and it would be pitch black outside and I would just have to catch a train home like my parents didn't give a shit about me like I just had to catch a train home by myself and my train ride was like 30 minutes I had to walk to the train station which was like a 15-20 minute walk then I would have to catch a train home an empty train by myself these guys could have done anything if they were those type of people. But luckily for me, my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, he was, he lived really close to this shopping center, like literally a five minute walk. And he would not let me go home by myself. I remember he used to be like, why are your parents like not worried about you? Like they don't let you go to a party, but they're letting you come home by yourself from this bakery late at night. So he would literally walk to the, he would come to work, pick me up. He would walk to the train station with me. We'd get on the train. He'd get on my train and he would be on the train with me till my train stopped. Like till what am I saying? Till I got off at my train station. Then he would hop back on the train and catch the train home by himself. Like, that's so nice. (laughs) Poor Jay, he'd have to do all that. That would probably take him like an hour and a half to do all that. And he'd probably get home at like midnight. (laughs) That's real love guys. But we were both 16 at the time. And you know, not everyone can have someone like that looking out for them. So the manager, us as employers, employees should look out for each other. This case is very upsetting again, because it could have been prevented. This man could have been removed from her life. And yes, I know, you know, he could have found other ways to do it, but he had direct access to her at the job. What are your thoughts, guys? Let me know down in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you in the next one. Besitos, bye.